0: Starting with Corinthians 3, 8, and 9 as this text, Pastor Dean Yoder explains that everyone is needed to do what God has called us to. This is Awaken Online, a virtual library of the Sunday morning messages at Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. How many of you want to do things that you never knew you had in you? You ever want to do something that you just didn't even know you had inside you? Well, Tara talked to us about being the Bride of Christ a few weeks ago. At a small group on Wednesday nights, we had a discussion on Ephesians that talked about marriage a little bit. It's the wedding season coming up. I don't know. It's the wedding season for you. I've got at least one or two to go to. I'm not sure if there's a third one or not. So I'm going to talk to you about marriage this morning. Yeah, it's exciting, right? Talk to you about marriage. We're going to talk specifically towards the synergy of working together. So if you could take anything away from, from this message this morning, I want you to try to get this. Overcoming limitations happens when we do things together instead of trying to just do things better. So what I mean is that like, sometimes we just are trying ourselves to do things better. If I could just do this, if I could just do that, or you see a lack in, inside yourself, when actually what is needed is somebody else to do it with somebody else that can do what you can't do and that's the beauty of marriage sometimes we look for god to interact with us supernaturally as an individual and we some we think that doing the impossible is like we lean towards god doing a work inside of us or with us or for us like just just him and us um and that's true. It's, it's possible. It happens. And it, it's cool when it happens to us that way. But practically speaking, the impossible happens when we work complementary with one another. So it's, it's supernatural for me to see God take individual parts and put those together to become one and accomplish a, pers- a purpose. That's supernatural to me, that he can actually take individual parts and pieces and bring them together to accomplish a a purpose instead of just individuals doing things on their own all the time. And that's marriage. So here's a a key scripture for you today. It's 1 Corinthians 3.9. I'm going to read 8 and 9. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be where Warded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. I want you to remember this morning that we are co-workers. Some of your Bibles say co-laborers. And we do things together. We work with God. We work with each other. He works with us. And as believers, we co-work and labor with God, and we, we're, we're, com- we're complementary to each other, not competitively. We're not competitive, we're complementary. We can challenge each other, we can encourage each other, uh, we can attempt to run the race and and run together and maybe outrun your friend. Um, uh, We can be faster than our sisters or brothers, but we aren't working to be competitive, we are working to be complementary to each other because we are co-laboring with Christ. Complementary is the effort of two or more people Mutually supplying each other's lack. That's, that's two or more people mutually supplying each other's lack. Competitive is the effort of two or more people acting independently for the same thing. The, the definition would go on further, almost like in a business transaction. It's like, can I present something better than you so that I can get the contract? You see the I statements in there? But when we we're acting complementary, now I have lack that you supply, and you have lack that I supply, and we get this thing done together. So we're going to take a, a little bit closer look at the first marriage and see how God worked supernaturally to empower Adam to be able to fulfill the calling on his life. So if you want to turn to Genesis 1, We're going to read some scripture this morning in Genesis. We're going to start out in verse 26 and go through verse 31. Verse 26, that God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. So God creates mankind in his image, in the image of God. And the New American Standard Version says it this way. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God commissions in Genesis 1, and it says that he created him, and then it says he created them. It says he, I, he created mankind in his image, created him, and then he, cre- and, and he created them. And I think it's important this morning that we emphasize two things happened. He did create him, and then he had to create them. And in Genesis 2, we're going we're gonna to look and see and figure out why he had to do this. We're going to read that story. So in Genesis 2.18, it says, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So, we read kind of two, two chapters there of the same story, the kind of the whole creation story. But we notice in the second, second part, um, God says it's not good for Adam to be alone and i don't think adam was lonely i don't i don't think he was lonely he had he he might have been lonely i mean we are humans we were built with that to feel lonely but i don't know if adam was lonely but what god had done is god had created this big task to fill the earth to multiply to subdue and to be fruitful and i don't know if adam knew if he could do it alone I don't know if he knew how to do this. How would he do this alone? We don't know what, like there's some people who might like kind of speculate there and say, maybe Adam could recreate as God's original creation like that. Like, Maybe he could just in that state, he could recreate. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm open to thinking about stuff like that, but I'm not sure in this instance, as I read through this, if if that's the way I want to go because of the way God made us for relationships. See, I don't know if Adam was lonely, but I think this is a big task. And he's not sure, like, how, do I, how, how am I going to do this? That's kind of where I would be. And so it says, you know, God brings all the animals in front of him, right? And he's looking for something that fits as a companion, as a suitable helper. And we're gonna, I'm going to tell you what that means in just a second. He brings the animals before him and he names them as they come by. And there was no suitable helper, it says, found. Now, I bet if the dog would have came with the shotgun, we would have been close. (laughs) Just joking. So what does God do? He puts Adam to sleep, and he takes a rib out of him, and he fashions a woman. Now, when he wakes up, Eve... The woman that has been fashioned from a rib is standing in front of him. And Adam is going, I think we've got something here. (laughs) I've never seen anything like this before. I didn't know that was inside of me. Whoa, man. Right? You guys were waiting for it. I just—I almost didn't say it. I had to say it. Whoa. <laughs> who? Who didn't? Who didn't? Never, never mind. Okay. But but he's like, I think I see possibilities. I think I have an idea of of how we could accomplish this purpose. Oh. Eve, out of myself, I didn't know it was in there. I didn't know I had that possibility. I didn't know God that you could like draw something out of me that would make me feel complete and would help me complete my mission. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know it was there. See see, a, a suitable helper isn't someone to hand you a hammer while you're fixing the roof. That's not a suitable helper. That, ladies, that's not who you are. You might do that a lot because we forget to take the hammer with us. <laughs> But that's not a suitable helper. The definition of a suitable helper is one before you that is equal and opposite to. It's complementary. It's now what you lacked is now being completed by coming together with the person who suits you best. That's a suitable helper. We come to to come together, and we are excited, and it's new, and it's a new marriage, and it's fresh, and we're excited about the other person, and we're in love, and and we're very complementary to each other. And then, and then something happens. We become competitive instead of complementary. And instead of seeing what I lack that you complete, I start to notice what you lack. And we try to decide which... One are we going to try to be? Instead of the two trying to become one, we try to figure out which one are we going to be? Me or you? Is our marriage going to be about me or is it going to be about you? Are we going to try to do everything the way you do it or the way I'm going to do it? And there's a little bit of tension that can happen. And we clash over which one are we going to be. Listen, we can function on our own but to fulfill we have to function together. Did you get that? We can function on our own. I can I can live on my own. I can survive. I I know where to find hamburgers at, right? <laughs> I I can kind of do the laundry. It might not be perfect, but I I mean <laughs> like I can function on my own, but to actually fulfill what God has for us and for life and for marriage and for whatever you're talking about, we have to function together. It's just the way he made us. It's just the way he built it. And I'm not saying if you're single that you can't be single. That's not what I'm saying at all, because I'm going someplace else a little bit this morning. I have a video I want to show you, and and Ron is going to work on getting that. I brought some props, just a few, um, from my former work days. Don't judge the axe, the, the okay? Okay, I've got two tools here that I are on almost every fire engine and, and ladder truck, probably in the country, for the most part. This is the old axe from my tool shed. This, the fire department let me borrow this weekend, so like, don't judge this one. Yeah, this one, you can see how good of a wood splitter I am, right? (laughs) Right? It's almost gone. When I started at a volunteer fire department when I was really young, not that I'm really old now, really young, these two things were carried in one... This was carried in one compartment a lot of times, and this one was carried in another compartment. And they're both tools to do things with, like to get forceful with. And as I started working my way through the fire service and getting to places that had different training, I started finding these carried like this, just like this, because they are meant to be put together. They're meant to be used together. And one day somebody says, go grab a marriage. I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> go grab a marriage. And it wasn't like, I don't think it was an emergency situation because it was probably new. Go grab the mar- a marriage. And it was a term I was not familiar with in the fire service. They said, go grab the Halligan and the axe. That's what, this is called a Halligan tool. It's made by a guy, last name Halligan It probably has a spe- another generic name now. But they would storm together like this. Storing them together like this doesn't make them any more powerful. But they were meant to be... Like, like, this one can do stuff on its own, and this one can do stuff on its own. But when you bring these together, they can get you into places and open doors that have been shut. They can do all kinds of cool things. And if we're ready, we're going to watch a video real quick about these two tools. I don't know if I'll go the full seven minutes, but. Metal frame, metal jam, outward swinging door. We've got a setup down here it's showing us that we probably have a panic bar on this door. And then we can identify the carriage bolt pattern right here. Two bolts marrying each other on both sides, more than likely a good indicator that we got a drop bar. Stop it now. Um, could you imagine what how well things would work if this tool said to this tool, where's your blade? How come you don't have a blade? Like, could you like if they were like, where's your pointy, picky thing, you know? Oh, <laughs> they have names. <laughs> they have ends. Where where's your prying end, you know? Where, where's it at? Where and this one, you know, well. You know, you don't have a blade. You don't have a flat space we can hit. Like, could you imagine if that's the way they work together? They really wouldn't work together. But when these two came together, they did together what couldn't have been done on their own. They couldn't have done The axe couldn't have done it by itself. Probably not by itself, you know. There's a lot of working together that happens there. And did you see the, the two guys doing it? right? You see one providing leadership, but who was working harder? Was anybody working harder? They were both working hard, and, but one guy was providing leadership. I don't, I'm going to tell a story myself. I had that training years ago, like that, and I got moved to a different station, and we showed up to a big commercial building that was, had lo- smoke coming out. It wasn't horrible, but it had smoke coming out. It was on fire, right? And the guys that I was with didn't have that training. And so guess what? I was going to show them how to do something. (laughs) And I grabbed the marriage, and I was running this in, right? And I told the guy, put this thing right in the door, you know? And I started like doing just like they sound, like "Hit, hit, 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 hit. And I started getting tired, and nothing would budge. And I got so tired that on the, I stopped at, on this swing. I slipped and I hit the guy in the hip with the axe. Oops, sorry. Guess what? It was a welding fabrication place and they had reinforced their doors with all kinds of stuff that <laughs> there was nowhere to get into it. But, but, and we, we got in a different way, but like without th- these tools and without like, somebody providing leadership we weren't going to get into any of the doors right and those those two guys up there they were you know i I worked so hard i hit this guy in the hip and that's not the way it's supposed to work (laughs) but but nobody was working harder than the other person but they were using each other's abilities and they were taking advantage of like what one couldn't do the other could provide and that's marriage And so we don't keep these tools separate anymore. They stay together. You can use them separately if you need to, but we keep them together. When two separate, completely functioning tools come together, they find out they can can do things that they never knew they could do on their own. Let me read Ephesians 5.22. Some of you ladies, this is like nails on a chalkboard to you, but just trust me in this one, all right? Ephesians 5.21 through, I'm going to start with 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as the church is the head of, as, as the Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also, must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, that's a lot that I'm not trying to go through today. But if I was going to say anything, just as a comment on submission, submission is a powerful act of your will because you are loved. It's not a surrender to the breaking of it, right? Ladies, you submit because it's a powerful choice that you make. Because that's what a husband who loves his wife does. He, he like gives her options. He gives the ability. He empowers to be free. And it's your choice as a powerful person to submit to your husband. It's it's not an act of him breaking a will. Like Like in that video that the guy that was hitting was doing a ton of work, but the guy that was holding was telling him when to hit because he was, that was his role. That was his job. He was providing leadership or else the guy hitting just would have been wasting his time. Overcoming limitation hap- limitations happen when we do things together instead of trying to just do things better. And like Paul said, this is true for marriage, but like Paul said, I'm actually talking about the church this morning. I'm not talking about marriages. You can apply everything to marriages, but I'm actually talking about churches this morning. I'm talking about the way we do things together. See, we went on this journey to merge two churches together, and we were excited. And I don't know if we stopped to think about the complementary nature of what God may want to do. Sometimes we uh, just want to do it the way we've always done it. And we get going in our direction, and it's just what's normal to us. But we're on the journey as a marriage. And what I, what I want to be able to do is to look at my lack, and see the supply in you. I want to see the supply in you. And I want to get excited about that. It's what the other person, the other group, has to bring to the table. And I want to do that as a church to all the other churches in the area. We need to think that way. There are things that other churches in the area do really well that we don't yet. Or maybe don't even need to worry about doing because they do it so well. We start thinking like the body of Christ. Like we don't have to be good at everything. Nobody in this room is good at everything. Why would one church be good at everything? Like we're a resource. The other churches are a resource. And we've been working on that as churches in, in the area. But the practical application this morning is to not be competitive but be complementary. And the application is through that is training. You've got to practice. You've got to put it into practice. That's what those guys are doing. They're putting it into practice so that when the real thing happened, they were just naturally and normally ready to come together and get a job done. Look for somebody who does something really good that you don't. And see what you guys could do together. Be complimentary. Hey, let me help in this. I can do that. I see it happening a lot around here. It's it's an encouragement that you are doing that. But if but if you're not sure, like if you op, if you come from this place of like, well, I'm not good at this. Well, you're good at something. You are good at something, and you have something to contribute and something to to give. And when we all come together, it's a miracle that God can help us accomplish a purpose out of a bunch of individuals and that we come together as one. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Awaken Church, please visit our website, awakenmac.com. That's a w a k e n m a c ccom C-O-M